Too many people owe Carl small sums, welchers like yourself. You're going to be an example for the rest of the petty four-flushers, Ernie. It will be a bad example. They won't want to follow it. They'll pay their debts instead, and that will add up to a lot of money. Ain't no good way to die, the smiler said, but some ways is worse than others. Both men moved toward Ernie, slowly, as if wanting him to fully experience his dread. Ernie glanced at the door. Too far away. Just check with Carl, please, he pleaded mindlessly, backpedaling on numbed legs. He was trembling. The bone crushers kept advancing. The window was behind Ernie, but he was twelve stories above the street. The flea-bag room wasn't air-conditioned, so the window was open about six inches. Corner a rat and watch it instinctively choose the less immediate danger. Ernie whirled and flung himself at the window. He snagged a fingernail in the faded lace curtain, felt the nail rip as he hurled the window all the way open. The smiler grunted and lunged at him, but Ernie scampered outside onto the ledge with speed that amazed. A gargantuan hand emerged from the open window. Ernie shuffled sideways to avoid it. He pressed his quaking body back against the brick wall and stared upward at the black night sky, the stiff summer breeze whipping at his unbuttoned suit coat. The smiler stuck his huge head out the window. He studied the narrowness of the ledge on which Ernie was balanced, stared down at the street twelve stories below. He exposed a mouthful of crooked teeth and laughed a rolling, phlegmy rumble. The laugh was vibrant with emotion, but not humor. "'I told you some ways to die was worse than others,' he said. "'You're part worm, not part bird.' He pulled his head back inside and shut the window. Ernie got a glimpse of sausage-sized fingers turning the lock. "'Be calm,' he told himself. "'Be calm.' He was trapped on the ledge, but his situation was much improved over what it had been a few minutes ago. Then he really began to analyze his predicament. The concrete ledge he was poised on was only about six inches wide, not the place to go for a walk in his dress boots with their built-up slick leather heels. And just to his right, the ledge ended four feet away where the side of the building jutted out, and there were no other windows Ernie might be able to enter. To his left, beyond the locked window of his room, was a window to a room that did have an air conditioner. The old rusted unit extended from the window about three feet. Not only would that window be firmly fastened closed against the top of the unit, but there was no way to get around or over the bulky, sloping steel squareness of the air conditioner to reach the next window. Ernie glanced upward. There was no escape in that direction either. Then he looked down. Vertigo hit him with a hammer force. Twelve stories seemed like twelve miles. He could see the tops of the foreshortened streetlights, a few toy-like cars turning at the intersection. His mind whirled. His head swam with terror. The ledge he was on seemed only a few inches wide and was barely visible almost behind him from his precarious point of view. His legs quivered weakly. His boots seemed to become detached from them, seemed to be stiff, awkward creatures with their own will that might betray him and send him plunging to his death. He could see so far as if he were flying. Ernie clenched his eyes shut. He didn't let himself imagine what happened to flesh and bone when it met the pavement after a twelve-story drop. 
He shoved himself backward against the security of the wall with what strength he had left, his hands at his sides, his fingernails clawing into the mortar.